Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Around the 412. We are part of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Tyler, and with me as always is my co-host, Smitty. What's going on, man? It's an exciting time to be a Pittsburgh sports fan. We got the NFL draft coming up. Pirates are 500 on the season so far, and the Penguins are rolling into the playoffs soon. It's an exciting time. How are you feeling? Everything that you just said is everything that we're going to talk about in this show. So, yeah, this is a great week. Uh, one of my favorite weeks, honestly, is draft week. Uh, by the time that you're listening to this or watching this, it could be tonight that we're doing a live mock draft on our own separate YouTube channel around the 412 with some of our friends from the draft community. So go and check that out if you hadn't already or if it's still if you're watching or listening to this in time to catch it live. Um but yeah, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. We're also going to be doing a live show during the draft on Thursday. Uh, so we're going to go live at right probably when the draft starts at 8 p.m. Eastern since we know the first pick won't be made till like 8.30 anyway. Yeah, um, I think this is an but, underrated time of year uh, yeah. sports-wise because to me, I've always said October is the best, best month of the year for me for sports because you got NHL starting, NBA starting, MLBs in the postseason, and then college and prof- NFL football are like midway through the seasons. This time's underrated too. You got NBA in in the postseason. Normally, NHL's in the postseason already, but we're we're getting there a little bit later. But still, we're going towards it. NFL draft, baseball starting. I, I think this is a really good time for all sports fans. So with the NFL draft being this week, I think that we got one thing really to talk about with the Steelers. I don't want it to be a regurgitated discussion of last week with where they're going to go with pick number 20. Should they stay there? But my pick was Daxton Hill. And, I, and now listen, they could still go that direction, I but it wouldn't be my top choice of where they could go. Um, with the Steelers re-signing Terrell Edmonds to a one-year deal for just $2.5 million, by the way, uh, which is a steal of a contract. I don't care what you think mm-hmm. about the player, even if you think he's average, okay, which I... I I think that that's a relatively fair assessment. I like him a lot. I think he compliments Michael Fitzpatrick. Well, I'm not here to debate that. But either way, two and a half million dollars for a starting strong safety who has started 60 games over four years. That's a steal of a contract. They save four million dollars basically by not picking up the fifth year option on him. So for me now, this this in a, in a sense is going to change my pick and could change their draft plans. But I think that they still could take a safety at some point. It's just for me, I'm not saying Daxton Hill at 20 anymore. I know you already didn't have Daxton Hill. You said Desmond Ritter last right. week. But does this change, do you think, the Steelers draft plans with Terrell Edmonds being back? 
So I th- I think it does. I I think that it's not as pressing of a need because going into the draft, if we didn't have a safety, I would think that they'd probably try to look for one, at least within the first two to three rounds if they could, and possibly even for the first round, like you said last week. With Terrell Edmonds back, I think the pressure of filling that position goes away. We know who the starting strong safety is going to be alongside Mika Vince Patrick. And by the way, I just think it's a great move. Like you said, it's basically like picking up the fifth-year option at a cheaper price. And we know yeah. what kind of player we're getting already with Terrell Edmonds. It's not just like this new signing that we're going to get. And we have to figure out what they're going to be. We know the kind of player mm-hmm. he is. I think it's a great signing. Looking forward to another year with him. But... I don't really think this changes too much, whether they look at a safety or not in the draft as a whole. I just think it changes how early they're going to look at one. I don't think they're going to be as early as as they would have been, like you were saying last week. I think this completely changes that. And I I, I think my my viewpoint is it kind of cemented uh, is what I was saying last week is that I think they're looking quarterback. I still think they're looking quarterback and with safety out of the way, I think that that is the position they are keying on, especially in the first round, whether they stay at 20 or not. Um, I think that's the position they're looking at at that number one. Yeah. Well, what I will say is, you know, as far as the safety goes, like Daxton Hill, the reason I like him so much is because he can also play in the slot. He could get, you know, like, too high safety looks, which Terrell Edmonds isn't isn't really going to give you that. I So I think in a sense, like, they still theoretically could add a safety pretty early. And also Terrell Edmonds is only here in a one year deal. So they could move on after this season um, for, you know, a, a higher ceiling guy, something that, you know, you know, could give you a little bit more if you're looking for a guy with more ball skills or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I just, it wouldn't be, like I said, the first route that I would think that they would go. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't like a quarterback on the board, I, it, w- it still wouldn't shock me. Like say if Kyle Hamilton falls, Right. If they decide to go that direction, they could play a bunch of, you know, three safety looks this year and then move on from Terrell Edmonds after the season. Uh, It's just it it gives them the luxury of not having to be forced into anything like you. However, if someone's asking me right now, I'm now along with you and thinking that, you know, if I'm put in a position where somebody says who's going to be the pick at number 20, I'm thinking that Malik Willis doesn't fall to 20. So I'm right there along with you now where I, I think Desmond Ritter would probably be my answer. Yeah, so I guess just to close out this NFL draft talk, because don't worry, folks, we're going to talk about a draft yeah, this a is, lot so this next is, week. This is just we, kind of like show preamble to next least, week's show. Right, this yeah. show we gave the least attention to the Steelers, knowing that next week they're going to get the bigger portion of the we're show. We're going to know all the of their picks next week. It's going to be the big chunk of the, the show next week. But just to close this out, assuming that quarterback is the position that they are keying on, who are mm-hmm. some names that you think – could possibly slide down that could prevent them from taking a quarterback or if this guy is there they have to take this guy over Desmond Ritter or whoever it may be yeah well okay Kyle Hamilton's the one I just said I think if he were to fall to 20 and it's it's starting to sound like that's not totally unrealistic right I mean there he's now projected to go like somewhere he's now projected to go somewhere in like that 11 to 15 range so you know if, if one team you know, say there's only Washington at 11 makes the most sense. That's where he's getting mocked a lot. If they don't take him, we could see, you know, a slide all the way down to 20. Like theoretically, you look at these teams. I think that it it very well could happen. Um, so I think he's one of those guys. Jordan Davis is another one because defensive tackles fall. He's a guy that people are saying might only be able to play two downs. So if we know how Tomlin has talked about him. 
I, I think he's another guy that could definitely make them do and it. I, I got to say, say the other two corners, Booth Jr. and, and Stingley yeah. as well, if one of those guys were to fall. Well, I got to say, I feel like defensive line is not a, exactly a urgent need for the Steelers, but I feel like it is a sneaky need going into this draft because mm-hmm. if you're looking at the depth of the defensive line right now, um, we don't know the status of Stefan Tuitt still. Uh, Tyson Alualu yeah. is here on one more year deal. And Cam Hayward, as great as he is, he's not getting any younger. So I, I think there's they, a ton you, you, of age and availability questions. Yeah. So you might not be looking at round one or even round two, but I do think at some point in this draft, they are going to take another defensive tackle just because it is it's, it's a sneaky depth need for the team. Yeah. And I agree with you. I, I think that. If if Stingley Jr. or Booth Jr. or Booth Jr. are either of them are there, those would be my picks as well. And and folks, we're talking about what we think the Steelers would do. Obviously, if mm-hmm. if Smitty and I are picking, we're not picking a quarterback in the first round. I, I feel like that's that's pretty open. Um, yeah. But based off what the Steelers would do, that's just kind well, of the, okay. the direction. I will say I do like Malik Willis. So if the board were to fall a certain way, he might be the number one player on my board. I just don't oh, think yeah, everybody yeah. in front of him would be. Gone. That's what I mean. And yeah. I'm saying that quarterback is not our number one need, assuming that Malik Malik Willis is already taken as yeah, well. Okay. Gotcha. I'm just, I'm just not even counting him as being there, but when yeah. it comes to P- Pickett, Ritter, whoever else it may be, that's not the top position of need. Um, right. But I will say to close this out, I think if the, Seahawks or anyone before them do not take Malik Willis and the Seahawks are picking at number nine. The Steelers are going to trade up at least to 10, if not sooner. Okay, there it is. There's the projection right there. Uh, no, we're, well, hey, listen, we won't have to speculate much longer. The draft is on Thursday night, and we're going to get all our answers then. We'll be able to talk about them on the next show. But until then, we're going to uh, switch gears here and start talking about the Penguins when we come back. This is Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Now we're going to talk about the team that is, we already know, is playoff bound for the 16th straight season. The question that we got now about this team, who are they going to play play in uh, round one of the playoffs? And who do we want them to play in round one of the playoffs? Um, a lot of goaltending question marks, as we know. We actually got to look at Louis Domingue. I don't think he played too bad in Sunday afternoon's game, but the team literally, that was one of the most lethargic performances of the season. It, it seemed was like there was, there was nothing. They, they were doing absolutely nothing offensively. They didn't, I understand, like Martin Jones ended up with close to 40 saves, but none of them were like grade A chances. Like there was no, one that Gensel. No, none high danger. And I, I was saying like during the game, maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And they came off a of back-to-back and the Flyers hadn't played since Thursday night. So 
maybe the energy of the team was lower, but still at the level of competition you were playing against and literally the the level of competition you're playing against like an AHL squad out there for the most part, I expect a better effort, whether you're on a second, second night of a back to back or not. It was just a really just lethargic effort. Like you were saying, it's just nothing exciting going on. Remember, Remember early in the year that game against the Senators where they were playing like an AHL team and got blown out? Like, I understand yeah. that the score of this game wasn't as bad as that one, but it was very similar to me in what we saw on the ice from the Penguins. Um, but anyways, that's not really what we're here to talk about because, yes, the Capitals now actually do have the inside track here to take that three seed. The Penguins fall into a wild card. But, you know, the last couple of games are it favors the Penguins with the two games they left on the schedule, but I don't want to give them anything based off the fact that, you know, we just lost to Philly and they beat the, or I'm sorry, they got a point from the Maple Leafs, but they lost in a shootout on Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, But so really the possibilities that we're looking at here for the Penguins is facing the Rangers, facing the Hurricanes or facing the Panthers. That's really what's up in the air right here. Now we've gotten some really good looks at the Rangers all very crunched together here towards the end of the season. And we do not, want to play Dorsha Sturkin in the playoffs, I would assume, because to me, the Rangers are just they're they're the kryptonite of what the Penguins have had happen to them in the playoffs recently, right? Like when you get when we got into that the bubble in 2020 in that that short five game series against the Canadians, the only way that the Canadians could beat the Penguins was if Carey Price did some goaltending. And when I say that getting goalied, I'm talking about exactly what Dorsha Sturkin has done to the Penguins this year as well and it's just it just seems like a similar situation that could happen where she's starting is going we know he's going to steal two games in that series right off the bat pretty much and can the penguins still find a way to win four out four out of the other five and that's that's so to me i i don't know where you stand on this but i'm at the point where i'm like kind of and they have some goaltending issues by the way now too and i point this out on twitter uh, on sunday i'm almost hoping that somehow the rangers were to leapfrog the hurricanes us be at the three and play the hurricanes in the first round yeah, as time's gone on over the past month or so, my teams of who I'd rather play has changed quite a bit. Because originally I was still on, I still want to play the Rangers first. Um, I, I, I thought that, okay, we, we we could still match up against them well, but after seeing the way Shesterkin's played, unless he has a Tristan Jari effort, like Sir a la 2021 against the Islanders, mm-hmm. um, it, it's going to be a really tough series. And I think that the Rangers, the style of play that they have, they're just so fast on the Penguins and give them no space to really be creative, which is what the Penguins like to do. And so I mm-hmm. think that's really like an Achilles heel of a matchup for them. Um, and so I've adjusted from still wanting to play the Rangers in the first round to those. That's probably the team that I want to play the least out of the options that we have. And yeah. I, I think that I've moved to, yeah, I, I would want, I would rather play Carolina specifically with their goaltending issues as well right now and Florida mm-hmm. over the New York Rangers. And mainly it's just because of Shesterkin, but also throwing in that the they just match up well at shutting down what the Penguins like to do. Yeah, and I think too, like Carolina is very fast. Florida is very fast. That's kind of the name of the game now is everybody wants to get fast and play with speed. But the Penguins, after the first time playing each of those teams, have actually done a decent job of matching speed against those two. Carolina and Florida. Plus now we have we played. I don't think that we played either one of those teams since the addition of Ricard Raquel. And also Jason no, probably missed those games as well with how much time he missed this year. So I think <laughs> you're getting a different looking Penguins team against those two. Whereas, you know, the last few times out against the Rangers, we've seen pretty much. I know Crosby did miss the one, but we've seen a relatively healthy 
full Penguin squad that we expect to see them go into the playoffs with already play against the Rangers. And I'm just not interested in seeing that happen for, for a full seven game series. I don't know if it would get the seven games, to be honest with you. So I'm, I've <laughs> moved on to, I would say, yeah, Carolina, Florida, and then New York, but, but now looking at it. So I was looking Sunday afternoon, right? And Carolina, Anthony Ranta gets hurt in that game. And yeah. it's tied at two at that point against the Islanders. And I'm thinking, okay, like the Islanders very well could win this game. And then all of a sudden the Rangers, even after losing to Boston regulation the night before, like, you know, they still could take over that top spot. But now they're four points back. The Rangers are, they do have a game in hand. So if they were to win that game in hand, you're only looking at two points back, but, but the clock's ticking. Time's running out. It very mm-hmm. much looks like it's going to be the Rangers as, as it's going to be Carolina, New York, potentially Washington, and then Pittsburgh in the wild card. And then we're looking at Florida. Yeah, that's another thing that we're talking like we're not talking about is do we want Washington to pass us? Because everybody like wants the Penguins to be winning these. I'll tell games you what, if it was the way well, it should be, where it's one verse four and two verse three, then probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But e- even the way that it's at right now, because the Penguins would be fighting with if, if they drop to a wild card, they'd be fighting with the Bruins for who is the first or second wild card. If you can mm-hmm. get it to where you play either Carolina or Florida, I mean, if you're a wild card in that scenario, if the Rangers stay where they're at, that might be a better scenario for the Penguins because no matter what, you're not you're not having home ice. So who really yeah. cares? You should try to play for who you want to play in the playoffs. And obviously the team is not going to say that and they're going to want to win yeah. as many games as possible. But as a fan base, I feel like it might be the smarter move to honestly let Washington pass you because – Playing Carolina or the Florida might be easier than New York. I think that the goalie troubles that Carolina is going through could affect them in the playoffs. You need really good goaltending in the playoffs. Ranta got hurt. Anderson's out for at least a week, but do we know what is wrong with him? Like, what nah. playoff time? Mm-hmm. Would he come back? Um, yeah. So there's question marks on their goaltending there. But with Florida, they don't really have injuries with the goalie. But I'm just looking at Sergei Bobrovsky is their number one goalie. And the Penguins in recent years have owned Sergei mm. Bobrovsky. And Fair. I don't care how good the team is in front of Bob. I just am looking at the past history of the Penguins against that guy in big situations. And he seems to crumble under the light. And I, I think that that might help the Penguins if they're playing a goalie that they're familiar against. And they have pretty much dominated for the most part. It's maybe not since he's joined Florida, but at least in the playoff situations, whenever he was in Columbus, uh, they yeah. they really smoked him up. Yeah, and I and so and then if that's the case, and they turn to their other guy, it's a first round pick, but unproven in the playoffs really to this point, Spencer Knight, who yeah. by the way just got lit up on Sunday afternoon by Tampa Bay. I, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting argument. Uh, I'm curious to see what the people think if they have a preference of who they want to play or they're just hey, the Penguins are in the playoffs. You got to play the best, or you got to beat the best anyway. So might as well play him whenever. I what, what I don't think that there's like a wrong answer here necessarily. I think it's just an opinion. Um, but for me, I just. I, I have a feeling I do not want to get goalied in the playoffs again by Igor Shesterkin. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at with it. I just have this. I'm see, I'm looking into the future right now and seeing a very similar playoff result as to what we've seen with the Penguins in the past. And it and comes down I, to the I goaltending. Can, I can already imagine. And, and no matter whether who they played, if, whether it's New York, Florida, or Carolina, they could get first rounded again. And that doesn't mean that the Penguins would put up a bad effort. They, these are just really good teams too, but I cannot imagine what like Twitter, the Facebook, any crazy. 
the Eastern Conference is crazy good, but that is not going to matter one bit to yeah. a lot of Penguins fans if they lose in the first round again. They're going to be calling mm-hmm. for Mike Sullivan to to be replaced. They're going to be calling for Hextall and Burkle to go. They're going to be saying that Gino should be traded and or I guess not resigned because he's a free agent after this year. And same thing, Latang should go. There's going to be a bunch of people that are just going to be losing their minds no matter who they lose to, when they lose, but especially if it's going to be in the first round again, even though th- this year I, I ha- really have a hard time. It, it, it really just depends on how they're playing. If they play a really gritty series, a hard-fought series, but they lose in the first round, that's okay because the Eastern Conference is just that good this year. But mm-hmm. if they get an effort like they did in 2020, against the Montreal Canadiens, then there I can see some complaints. But either way, it's just going to be hard hard to, for me to complain a lot because of how good the Eastern Conference is. Right. Yeah, and you know, I will say what's what's nice is outside of Tristan Jari right now, the Penguins, they got everybody that you could ask to have on the roster playing right now. Um, yeah. With Gino coming back the last couple of games, we've seen a different player scratched in each of those two. Desperry Kapanen. Uh, was most recently scratched on Sunday. Brian Boyle was scratched the previous game on Saturday. I don't know if that was just a matchup thing, knowing that, like, you know, Pittsburgh-Philly rivalry, they wanted to go a little bit heavier, so Brian Boyle plays. Or is that kind of what we were talking about, where Gasperi Kapanen looked like he could be the odd man out when Gino comes back? Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll pose that question to you and the people in the comments as well. Is it Brian Boyle or Gasperi Kapanen that's going to be sitting in the press box come playoff time? I think it will be Gasperi Kapanen. And... Reason being is that he just has not brought anything to the team like recently. He had improved for a little bit, at least visually. He was passing the eye test more and yeah, more. Him and Carter but, had a little something going there very briefly. Yeah, it, it, but it just didn't sustain. And it's just kind of more of the same that we brought up all season long. And I think Boyle has kind of proven that he should be on that fourth line. And I, I think that maybe it's a little bit overrated, but I think having a veteran president presence who's been there and done that for maybe some players that haven't really been in the playoffs too much or like first rounded multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that might be good for the locker room in the playoffs as well. Um, I, I, and I think he does bring some quality play. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have the legs like some of the other players or like Kapanen, for example, that we would have liked. But I, I do think that he still brings some quality hockey to that fourth line. And I think he's proven over the season. I mean, who would have thought on a tryout contract we'd talk about be talking about like Brian Boyle, Boyle getting double-digit goals on the fourth line for the Penguins. Whether he plays center or wing, I don't really think it matters that much. I just think that he is the guy that's earned the spot to be in whenever the playoffs starts. Yeah, so, I mean, I was just say a lot of the same things. You, you mentioned the flexibility to play him at wing or center. But also, I just I think you're talking about a fourth-line role here and which player you know matches into that role more. And it's Brian Boyle way over Kasperi Kapanen. Like, I guess what I'm getting at here is if he's not playing in your top six, I don't see a role for Kasperi Kapanen. And there's absolutely no way he deserves to be in the top six because there's just no way to fit him up there. He hasn't warranted that. So, yeah, to me, it's 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 Brian Boyle because he fits the role that you're talking about filling. And in, in Kapanen in a has gotten a little bit of the, the Connor Sherry or the Dominic Simone syndrome where um, – and, and we don't get me wrong, like you and I love Dominic Simone as the hockey player, but like, yeah, it, it's kind of like in those scenarios where, especially with Connor Sherry, I feel like, where if he wasn't in your top six, he doesn't really add a lot of value as a winger in your bottom six. So, should he be in there anyway? 
Yeah, like he's not going to play in a checking role. He's not going to be on like a shutdown unit playing against a team's top pairing, or I'm sorry, a top line. Like it's just he doesn't bring that element to his game. He, he's an off-the-rush player who relies on Poch going in the back of the net, and he has not done that at a high enough rate this year to warrant putting him up in the top six. And I also don't know that you have that type of player to slide down from the top six, you know, to make it work. So I I don't know. I I just I don't think that there's a role for him right now. And, you know, it's going to take an injury to somebody in the top six probably to make that happen. And definitely don't want to see that. <laughs> so, no. uh, yeah, to me, it's just very capping in the press box to start the playoffs. Yeah. And it's crazy how much that has changed. I feel like over the past month, because yeah, we debated the of the year. W- whether it's going to be Kapanen out, whether it's going to be Boyle out, Heinen, Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been multiple names that's been brought up. And it's looking more and more like it's going to end up being Kapanen. But I, 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 just a week ago, we were probably saying it was going to be Rodriguez or Kapanen. And then two weeks yeah. ago, I think you mentioned it was going to be Heinen. I, and then he had that. Yeah, Heinen got out. He was in the doghouse and then he scored in yeah. four out of five games. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, and I think that just shows like how, uh, underwhelming the bottom six for the penguins has been for the past few months they just haven't really had a lot going on it's picked up a little bit more recently which is nice to see i'd still like to see some more consistently consistency especially going into the playoffs but i i think we've kind of figured out who our lineup is going to be i think we saw that today i don't really think there's going to be much changing and Kapanen, for better or for worse is going to be the odd man out yeah um yeah, I have nothing else to add to it because we completely agree there. So uh, somehow, some way, we are once again about to talk about the Pirates while they're a 500 baseball team. So that should be exciting. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do just that. This is around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to Around the 412 on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Smitty. That is Tyler. Yeah, that wasn't a mishap. You heard me right. Your audio is not messed up. The Pittsburgh Pirates are still 500. They did it. Even though they lost 21 to nothing in a game over the weekend, they took three (laughs) out of four at Wrigley Field, won the series, and are back to 500 again. David Bednar, Dylan Peters, Will Crow. This bullpen looks like a reincarnation of the 2013 to 15 Pittsburgh Pirates right now. I, I mean, is that where we should start? Do we just want to start out talking about how good this bullpen is? Because even when he gets in a situation like he did on Sunday afternoon, David Bednar can just throw it by you pretty much whenever he wants with what Roberto Perez said is the best fastball he's ever seen. Yeah, we can start there. Um, first, I got to say the reason baseball is so great is that you can outscore your opponent over a four game span, 29 to 12, and you still <laughs> lose three out of the four games. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, yep. It's it's really remarkable. And the, the Pirates last week when we recorded, they were one game above 500. They dropped down to 500, but I mean, I, I, I'll keep it. I mean, they're 16 <laughs> games into the season, about a one tenth into the season that's still 500. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this bullpen has really been amazing. Uh, Will Crow, David Bednar, they haven't even given up a run yet. Um, and looking at the situations you can put these guys in, 
and what they are able to get out of. I mean, Will Crow had earlier in this game on Sunday had runners on what second and third and with one out or, or second and first or second and third. No, it was one second, out, was a- second, third with one out. Yeah. Yeah. Was able to get out of it. And then the whole situation at the end of the game with David Bednar able to clutch up, get Contreras out, get, how do you say that dude's last name? Uh, Which, who was the it? The dude he struck out to end the game. Um, I don't even Schwindel? remember. Wisdom? Schwindel. I don't yeah. know which. Okay. Schwindel. It was, the, it was the one that ended the game. I couldn't even remember who it was. The last Putting batter, these guys yeah. in high-pressure situations, they've delivered. This bullpen is amazing. It's a real shame that the starting pitching can't pick up some of the slack. Um, but I, I, my question is, is this bullpen going to be members for the future that stick around? Mm, or okay. are we just like kind of gaining some like trade chips trade from chips. this bullpen? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question because I thought you were going to say, can they sustain this over the course of a season? Because I think that they can be this effective, but the, I don't think that you can tax them this much. You're going to need more from your starting pitching. And, you know, I look at a guy like a move that they just made, like I wanted to bring up. We might as well like kind of transition the conversation a little bit or at least, you know, add it to this is Ronzi Contreras getting sent back down. You know, I, I think that they could have continued to stretch him out in the major leagues and then eventually just put him into the rotation. So I have no problem with him get gaining starts. Um, and if that's what he's going down the AAA to do, like whatever, so be it. I know that it's, I know what they're doing by doing this. I would have liked to have seen him just continue to do what he was doing at the majors because he was a huge piece. We could have been talking about him in the same segment right now, talking about how good the bullpen's been because he's been a part of that so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, I, I think give and take, I think there's some guys that they could like say Chris Stratton continues to be pretty good in his role. I could see the moving on from a guy like him. I, I don't think that they like, they would have to be overwhelmed in my opinion to move like a bed especially like with what they're seeing from Will Crow right now. Like I don't think that they want to give up on that immediately after bringing that out of him. Um, and same thing with like a Dylan Peters, like he's a guy that you pretty much got, that you got for nothing coming over from, uh, was it Seattle or the angels? One of those two, he's pitched for both of them. But, um, you know, I just I don't think that guys that they that like in that situation where they feel like they're getting closer to this to this window of contention that they're ready to give up on yet. I, I think that's going to be determined by do they continue to see like the same types of things that we've seen to start this year happening? Like, are they still kind of around even if they're not a good baseball team at the deadline? Yeah. What type of signs are they seeing? Like, you know, when O'Neill Cruz comes up to as well and these other things like. I really can't say right now if I do think that they're a part of the future because we've talked about this before. Like, what good do really, uh, really good relievers bring to a team that's not good? Those are those are the assets that you do trade off. That bad, bad baseball teams do trade off. Every team that's in contention needs relievers, and every team that's not in contention has relievers to trade to those teams. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's just puzzling to me because I don't know when. There's always going to be that transition period where you stop trading your assets and you're going to retain them because you're going to be in contention. Mm-hmm. I guess it's when to do me, the Pirates like feel like that's right necessary? Now. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've just been so good. But I, I'm with you. The The starting pitching needs to give these guys some relief. The, 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 you need to stop getting into your bullpen in the fourth and fifth inning and hopefully start to stretch some of these starters out and get them into the, like the sixth, seventh inning because mm-hmm. – it's going to be really taxing on these guys. And if you want to keep up this effort that a lot of them are putting up, I mean, like I said, Will Crow and David Bednar have not given up runs yet. You're going to need to really help them out and get the starting pitching to 
give some lengthening starts. I, I feel like we've seen a couple good starts from a few guys. Um, I thought Mitch Keller had a really good start this week. But then you get a guy like JT Brubaker. I, I feel like he's just been disappointing. And uh, the job that, oh my gosh, the, the game on Saturday, the 21 to nothing game, that was just mm-hmm. not good all around. Even though I, I think that it was Thomas pitching, right? Um, Zach Thompson. That, yeah, or Thompson. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But I, I think out of his nine runs allowed, only four of them were earned. But still, mm. getting that many guys on base for as a team is uh, kind of concerning. But yeah, they 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 really need to f- really clean up the starting pitching a lot. But bullpen been amazing. I feel like that that's kind of been the story for the Pirates for a long time. We've we've had some amazing bullpens and some lackluster starting pitching to go with those bullpens. Well, that was even the thing with Huntington, right? Is he could always build a bullpen, and that's why they were so okay with with trading relievers off when they would, because you knew that Huntington could find arms for it. But yeah, I think you look at this, and like it's funny because I was just looking at the relievers. Dylan Peters has three wins on the year already for them <laughs> as a reliever, and his <laughs> yeah. his whip his whip is point four eight. Crows is point eight three. Bednar's is point eight eight. Like those three alone anchoring the bullpen, they're they're in a good spot. Like even Heath Hembry's been pretty solid in his role. I mentioned Chris Stratton, who we've seen Shelton be okay with being the 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 closer, closing out the game in the ninth inning if there's a yeah. higher leverage situation in the seventh or eighth that he wants to use Bednar in. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still not like a huge fan of Derek Shelton, right? And I still would say that he's not going to be the manager like when this team is in its window of contention. But I, I think that he's taking steps more towards what I've been advocating for. Yeah, no, getting rid of the traditional closer is great. I think that putting your best pitchers in the more high danger situa- situations is the smart thing to do. I don't know why baseball hasn't really transitioned to that as a whole and why mm. the closer position just really hasn't died off already because say you're you're facing a team and you're at the top of the order but it's the eighth inning instead of the ninth inning why would you not put your best pitcher out there it doesn't make sense but we've started to see that i agree i i think that's that's some transitioning that has been uh done really well so far this season i hope it continues um and i i hope i just hope like winning baseball continues it's great to see them take three out of the four against the cubs um yeah and, and, and like the 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 nl central is like really bad i feel like in mm-hmm. general um yeah so we don't know how how long they can stay floating around 500 or whether they'll be it quote unquote in it at the deadline or wh- whatever it may come but i i think that because of the division that they're in it's going to make for some really fun baseball this year and I think I think that continues to go with what we were saying last week. Like this team might may, might not be great. Um, we know they're not, honestly, mm-hmm. but they're still some fun to watch. They're putting up some fun games. They're putting up some at least competitive games so far, and I, I think it's been entertaining. The last thing I want to bring up is we saw Anthony Alford get DFA'd like two games after coming back up from his rehab stint. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've been advocating for, but it's weird timing just because like they finally yeah. actually had like a third outfielder to play um, on the rock, even though they did have they could play Reynolds, Gamble and Marisnik, but we've rarely seen those three out there together. We've seen some type of like either Cole Tucker, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park out there, but they finally get Alford back up here and then they DFA him the first time that they need like an arm for the bullpen. Um, 
so it's it's a weird timing of the move. Not that I disagree with it, but what a shame. You know, this this was Ben yeah. Sherrington's guy going back to his days in Toronto. And again, like I can't stress this enough. He looked the part. If you ever watch this guy like take batting practice or just again, like the way that he looks, you would think like, oh wow, this is definitely a major league baseball player. He 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 mm-hmm. looks like he should be a, a good baseball player. And he just he it's never clicked for him. He's never been able to put it all together. We've seen it in very short stints, like the way that he wrapped up his 2021 campaign. But obviously full body of work, it wasn't there and it was time to cut ties. It's just again, what's with the timing of this? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing against the guy. I know I did the little hallelujah, but it's nothing against him personally. <laughs> it's just he he did not perform for the Pirates, so why was he here? We we're not going to use you if you're batting 180. Um, I don't care how good your defense striking out like 80 percent of the time. Yeah, and wasn't he the uh, move to send whenever Contreras went down? He was being the one that was being. No, he just up. he got DFA'd for Bo Salser today. No, 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 no. Whenever Ronzi Contreras was sent down, Anthony Alford was the person that came back up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Mm -hmm. That was the corresponding move. I thought Uh, you meant. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that made it a little sting a little bit more that that's who they were bringing up uh, (laughs) when they were were sending Contreras back down. Um, Yeah, yeah, it it stinks and it, it is weird timing. Like they're playing with a lot of guys that are not traditional outfielders in their outfielder. That's kind of has been the MO for the Pirates for the past like couple seasons that they've done that recently. Um hopefully that could change. But yeah, I don't it I probably really would already if if Travis yeah, Swaggerty didn't it's, have the shoulder issues. Right. And it, it is odd timing, but especially for how quickly he was brought up and then DFA'd. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, if you're not going to bring anything to the team, then why are you here? It, it, I, I think he could have been DFA'd a long time ago when he was batting like 160, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. <sighs> Anyways, if you didn't get your entire pirates fix this week, you can always head over to the pirates fan form and listen to those guys. Uh, talk about the they pirates. A lot more than uh, <laughs> every, every Friday they come out. DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network as well. If you just uh, listen to the Penguins segment in the last segment, you're like, wow, these guys have no clue what they're talking about. I can tell you who does know what they're talking about is podcast on fifth. Where can you find them? right here in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. If you listen to our Steelers show or Steelers segment, you weren't feeling that either. Steeler Nation podcast comes out also on Friday, and they know what they're talking about. Stryker knows what he's talking about over there. There's another podcast on the network that I'm not really a fan of. So, Yeah, we don't have to mention them. But but if you are a fan of uh, listening to people not know what they're talking about about the NFL draft, like you said, if you're listening to this prior to uh, nine o'clock Eastern on Monday when this podcast comes out, we will be doing mm-hmm. a live show, live mock draft with our friends Richie, Nate, and Jake, who cover uh the draft as well. Each of us are assigned teams. We've got all the picks of the first round, and we will be doing it live. We have no idea who anybody is going to pick, and then later in the week, we will be doing a live show on the first night of the draft, starting when the draft starts at. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Eastern. Yeah, it, this one it's it's not it's not a podcast or anything. It's really chill. It's just a live show. We're just hanging out. We'll have a lot of friends in the in the draft um, or in the show watching the draft with us, hanging out. You can come into the chat, talk to us, ask questions or whatever. There will be some giveaways, I believe. Um, so come check it out. That will also be on our YouTube o- over at around the four one two, not the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube. But subscribe to both. Yes, 
leave us, leave us a like, leave us a comment on anything that I brought up through the show. Chime in on the topics. It's the best way for you guys to get involved. Also, all joking aside, also, Yenzers will be coming out with a new episode tomorrow, I would assume. So you can check them out <laughs> on here as well. Shout out to Morgan, Sam, and Jordan. Other than that, for Smitty, for Tyler, Locked we love down. you guys. Can't thank you enough for watching or listening to this show. We'll be right back next week for you guys talking about all the Steelers newest draft selections until then we'll talk to you guys and bye bye